Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review, and hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, a fraternal financial organization. Hector can help you plan for your family's future. Also, of course, brought to you by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal but right now the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived ladies and gentlemen the radio tv and now podcast star the sexy jean-jacques taylor what up doc i would be the non-sexy one matt mclaren and this is jam session the podcast version 199 asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled if not entertained as we will entertain and dazzle you we have super bowl 56 the matchup is set the los angeles rams and the cincinnati Bengals will play and one of those teams for the first time in at least 20 years the rams won it in 99 cincinnati has never won it so we will have a new super bowl champion for this millennium and either quarterback that wins, either Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow, will win their first ever Super Bowl championship. So pretty cool. We're going to get into all that. Jacques' son dropped a bombshell today, so we will have that for you. A lot of fun here on this version of the podcast. But as always, you know, we can't do this without our sponsors because they make it happen. They really go a long way, which is why when we tell you about our sponsors, if you find yourself in a situation where one of our sponsors, you can utilize them, it really helps us very much to keep this going. And none better than Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America. You can give them a phone call at 940-453-3490. But Hector's whole thing is about helping people. And I think when you talk about money and you talk about finances, you know, sometimes you might be embarrassed. You, you may be saying, I, I don't have any money to save. I don't know how to do it. I'm afraid to call. You know, Hector has heard it all before, and I think one of the great things about him, Jacques, is the fact that, at least in our conversation when we had with him, you, you feel comfortable and you know that he just wants to help you. No, I mean, I, I think that's the key, man. And help comes in a lot of different forms when you're talking about finances. But for him, I think the key is that he creates a game plan for you, man. And then all you have to do is follow the game plan. I mean, that's what he does. He creates a financial game plan based on whether you want to be aggressive, conservative, somewhere in the middle, and then uh, you take it from there. Exactly. And so that's my thing with you guys out there. It doesn't matter. Maybe you've been saving for years and you'd like to see if somebody else can help you in a better way or some new ideas. Maybe you've never really started to consider how to plan for your future. Whatever the case may be, Hector's the guy to give a call to. 940 
453-3490. And keep in mind, it's non-fee-based. It costs absolutely nothing for you to meet with Hector. And he's told us before, all he wants to do is just help you. Help you, help your family, help your future. 940-453-3490. Also, Robert Greening and his team, the Green Team, the attorneys at Greening Law, if you've been hurt in a car accident, maybe this is the weekend. You know, you never know when something like this is going to happen to you. It happened to me about seven months ago where you don't plan to get into a car accident. You don't plan for something like this to happen. But man, you're sure as hell happy that you got the number when something like that does because they can be your fierce legal competitor against these insurance companies. Now, the green team is fantastic, man, at what they do. And uh, I think the, the best thing that they do is they keep you apprised of everything you need to know, man. And it's not just the things that you think you need to know. They tell you stuff you don't even know that you're supposed to know. Um, and then, as I, as I tell you and as Matt can tell you, it costs nothing to pick up the phone. And they don't get paid unless you get paid. Think about that. You don't have to wonder that, ah, oh, this big company got a bunch of clients. Are they really taking me seriously? Yeah, they are because they don't get paid unless you get paid. That's exactly right. And the consultation's free. You can pick up the phone. You can give them a call. Let them know what you've got going on, and they can help you. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. Super Bowl 56 will be the latest Super Bowl we've ever had in the history of the NFL. It's coming up two weeks as we record this, two weeks from today, February the 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. And you know what's interesting to me? There's so many. I love this matchup. I I wanted it, wanted it to be Rams and Bengals. And now it is. I, I did because no matter who wins, I feel like we're seeing something we haven't seen in forever. If Cincinnati wins, they're experiencing something that that city has never experienced. If the Rams win, they only experienced it one time in 1999. And Matt Stafford, who's a Dallas guy who grew up here, everything. And, and I get, look, the privileged kid, grew up in Highland Park. and But they'll tell you, oh, well, not the really nice part of Highland Park. Okay, <laughs> whatever, Stop it. whatever that means. It's still Highland Park. <laughs> But you grew up in Highland Park, and, and you've had this life. But then his <laughs> wife and the brain cancer and all this, and they're really good people. And I feel like they really care. And I feel like this is a Super Bowl. Unless you are a true fan of either team, I feel like you're happy with whoever wins. And, and, and there's so many cool angles on this thing of, for the second time ever, and this is what's really weird, we went 54 years without a team playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. And now in back-to-back years, Tampa Bay did it last year at Raymond James. The Rams are playing in their home stadium this year for SoFi. In back-to-back years, we get to see that. And we're also getting a matchup of two number one overall picks. Matt Stafford, who was the number one overall pick in, I believe, 09. And Joe Burrow, who was the number one overall pick just two years ago, that are going to meet to play for a Super Bowl championship. I, I, I think this is a really fun Super Bowl matchup. I think it's going to be a great game um, because uh, I think the quarterbacks are going to make it happen. Um, I'm a huge Joe Burrow guy, uh, not only just because he went to Ohio State but uh, before transferring to LSU, but also because, dude, you know, I haven't made any secret. I love greatness, man, and he, he looks like he's on his way to being a great player. He plays with a lot of swag. But then also, you know, there's some individual stuff I want to see, Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey matched up. Um, I think it's going to be a, a Super Bowl with some points scored. 
Um, I think it's gonna be a great game. Mm-hmm. And so you know who can't get who can't get into that because I think we talked about it briefly during the last podcast that the Bengals might just be dumb enough to think that they belong. Apparently, you know what I mean. <laughs> now, even though they got off to that slow start, and yeah, and the Chiefs helped them out all along the oh, way. Oh yeah, uh, but still, the, you know, at a certain point, they were like, "We got a shot," and uh, they took advantage of. It. They did, man, and. You know, we'll just start there going into the first game of the day, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought the game was over at 21-3, to but I thought it was really interesting because as Kansas City was driving at the end of the first half, and we all looked at it, I said, man, if they get three points here, this it's over. Like, like field goal at all. And it was really interesting because on third down, or maybe it was second down, I can't remember which, but the first play, excuse me, Pat Mahomes, rolls out and it's like he understood the situation he understood that they had they snapped the ball with nine seconds left in the half pat mahomes rolls out and instead of throwing it through the back of the end zone he threw it at the feet of the receiver where no one could catch it because if he had thrown it through the back of the end zone at least one more second would have run off the clock and and, and i i'm sitting there i'm watching again my brother we're hanging out heady play yeah and i and i told him i was like dude do you know how smart of a play that is that he threw it where he did and not out of the back of the end zone and saved a second. And then the very next play, they do the dumbest thing I can think of. And, and I don't know it seemed to me like Tyree kill. The play was designed for him. It but was in, in Mahomes goes through and then checks it and throws it to, to Tyree kill out in the flat. And you're asking Tyreek, you've got, it's you versus two dudes. If you don't get past them, the half is over, we get nothing. If you get past them, it's a touchdown. And I thought that was a really interesting play call with the fact of, to me, if I don't have anything in the end zone, just kill the clock, let's throw it out, whatever, so that we at least have a second to get a a, a kickoff. It was just a terror. The play design was fine, but the Bengals played it perfectly. Yeah. So that meant, okay, the play is not there. So you got to get rid of the ball, and you just throw it away. You take the field goal, you keep it moving. Because what happened was, and to me, the game changed on that play. Because instead of being down, you know, 24 to 10 at halftime or, or them taking the momentum back after the the Bengals had just scored a touchdown, the Bengals went in halftime going. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. So really, we got a shot. We got a chance. Okay. And um, I think I think it gave them hope, and it gave them a uh, a sense that they could come back. And it it just, dude, they just opened up the game. The the Chiefs had a chance to end it. Touchdown. I'm like, yeah, you, I think a yeah, touchdown it's over. ends it. It's over. Uh, a field goal just means, well, damn, we went down the score. They came right back and kicked a field mm-hmm. goal. Shit. And, what do we yeah. got to do? And the, the fact state. that they got the ball to start the second half, I just wonder if if. You know, and Cincinnati made crazy good adjustments defensively and really frustrated Kansas City in the second half. But that that's the thing with this Joe Burrow team. I mean, they beat the number one overall seed in Tennessee in the first round of the playoffs in a last-second field goal. Nobody thought that they were going to be here at this point in time. You, you are down on the road in Arrowhead, Kansas City, against the two-time defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You're down 21 to 3. And you come out in the second half and you put on a clinic. It was impressive, bro. 
and it was impressive because they didn't panic. Yeah. In 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 the way that they came back, you know, it's twenty one ten, it's twenty one thirteen, it's twenty one twenty one. Um, so they did it textbook, man. But uh, you know, they um they got some issues that they got to clean up because uh their offensive line is trash. Yeah, it's bad. And bad. Uh, the Rams' defensive line is good. Yeah. With with uh, Aaron Donald and Von Miller, that's gonna be a problem for them to block. But it's been a problem all year, so it ain't nothing that they that they're not used to. But uh, I think it'll be great, man. They showed a lot of heart, and then it's always interesting to me, man, when a team when you can see it click and they believe, like, oh yeah, we got we got a shot at this one. Yeah, uh, I mean things has changed, but the the Chiefs, man, they just played s- such dumb football. You know, at the end of the game, I don't know what they were doing. Horrible. Like what are you like Horrible. what are y'all doing, man? Just, I wasn't sure if they got so com- so obsessed with we need to leave them no time that you know their play call. I mean, it just looked bizarre and out of whack. And Mahomes is a smart guy; mm-hmm. he, he was doing dumb stuff at the end. Like, what are you doing with all this scrambling, man? Throw the ball away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. terrible, man. I mean, I mean, terrible, 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 terrible. It was unbelievable at the at the very end when Mahomes was scrambling around and ends up getting sacked. And you thought he fumbled it. And, and I was like, oh, my God, Cincinnati's going to get it right there. And then the interception, I mean, that pass, it like I, you won the toss. Like you win the toss in overtime. And as many of us know, when you win the toss in overtime, generally speaking, that's what it's about. And you look at that and Pat Mahomes on a third and 10 just goes as deep as he can into double coverage on Tyreek Hill and just makes a poor pass, and it was a great defensive play because the Cincinnati dude knocks it down, and the other guy is able to catch it off the deflection. Now, what's funny is that's exactly what they did against the Titans. Defensive guy was a pass deflection and popped it up in the air, and they and they picked it off right then. I thought that was a, kind of a panic frustration move from Mahomes because, yeah. um, you know, they just hadn't been able to do anything on offense in the second half. And – Today is not really the day to do it. Maybe we'll do it at some point this week. But, um, you know, the Chiefs are, are doing what – they're doing a classic wasting of, a, of an opportunity in yes. a window. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, I mean, we're splitting hairs here because at least they're winning and getting there and stuff. But their team has been the best team in the AFC the last four years. And right now they got one Super Bowl to show for it. Yep. <laughs> And at the end of the day, what we're talking about is history and the ability. We're talking about history and legacies and ability to separate yourself from other dynasties or whatever. And check this out, man. You can't even call the Chiefs a dynasty. They ain't won enough. No. No, you know it, what I mean? No, I mean, honestly, they're, they're, if the Eagles had won one Super Bowl when, when Reed was their coach in the mid-aughts, when they went to four consecutive NFC title games, they went to one Super Bowl, they lost to the Patriots. At least the Chiefs have been to two Super Bowls. But the fact that they only ever got one ring, I mean, again, it kind of paints the portrait. There's a reason why Dan Marino ever only got to one Super Bowl. There's a reason why Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees only ever played in one Super Bowl. It's hard as hell to win in this league. And if you don't take advantage of it when the opportunity is there, then instead of being the 80s Niners, the 90s Cowboys, the Ots Patriots, then you're just another team that won a ring at some point. You're, you're not one of the great You're not what we thought, I think, the Chiefs were trying to establish themselves as 
which is th- this team being one of the great teams of all time over the course of five, six years or whatever. Right. They still got time, but yeah. it gets harder every year. Um, you know, it's, I mean, because they're sitting – I guarantee you, the folks in Kansas City are like, how do we just have one ring? Yeah. <laughs> like, how we how we had Mahomes and Tyree Hill and Kelsey and Andy Reid, and we got one ring. <clears throat> you know, glad we got that one, but, you know, it just seems like – they should have so much more. They should. And and I just I'm I'm very curious because you look at this Joe Burrow team and you just wonder they I thought this was like the opening of the window for this Bengals team. And all of a sudden they may get a ring. I, I don't know if they'll beat LA or not. I didn't think they'd beat Kansas City. But this is a Bengals team that has shown up and said, Look, I know that everybody's all about Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. I'm Joe Burrow. We're young. And, and we're not even – I don't think Kansas I, – I, like, I don't think Cincinnati's as good as Kansas City or as good as Buffalo, but it doesn't matter because they're there and they beat them and they're doing these things. And all they can do to me, I think, in the next few years is maybe get even better where you wonder if Cincinnati is about to open that window to, to where maybe they're the team of the 2020s. See, Doug, I don't even think um, – I don't even think we can say that. I don't even think – I think it's more like this. This is just it's just me. I think it's more about Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and uh, maybe Justin. What's his name? Justin uh, Herbert, Lamar Jackson. I mean, there's so many yeah, great young maybe, quarterbacks. Yeah. Maybe they'll get there, but those those three seem to me to be one cut above. Uh, maybe Lamar's there too. He was hurt a lot this year, but um, I think they're just gonna be warring it out. And I think it's going to be hard for any of them to really string a bunch of them together because the other ones are so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, you know, it's the NFL and parody and all of that. And so now it's going to be about the organization and who can, who can do the best job of keeping an organizational organization together and doing it. And quiet as it's kept, bro. I think Buffalo's probably got the best organization right now, although they took a hit when Dayball – their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator and play caller and their assistant GM both went to the Giants. Um, but if you look at, you know, the Chiefs are still living off the Pat Mahomes, Cheetah, Travis Kelsey thing. The Bengals are just not getting started. And Buffalo's been able to sustain this thing for about two years, three years now. And they look like they're about to, you know, be good for a minute. I mean, it, it, you look at Cincinnati in their franchise history. They began in the AFL. In 1968, from 1968 through 2020, they won five playoff games ever. They've won three this year. One more would give them four in one year, would give them their first ever Super Bowl championship. It's, it, it's, it, it's an absolute incredible story. I think it's awesome. I have no qualms against Cincinnati whatsoever. I mean, I, who cares? They've been in a mostly irrelevant franchise. I think it's great for their fan base to experience this. The flip side of this is the Los Angeles Rams. And the, this is a Los Angeles Rams team that is doing this in a way that we've never seen anybody do this. They traded in 20... They have not had a... You realize the, the last time they had a first-round draft pick, they drafted Jared Goff, number one overall. Is that right? They traded their 2017 pick as part of the Jared Goff trade. They traded their 2018 pick to New England for Brandon Cooks. 
They traded their 2019 pick to Atlanta so that they could acquire more draft picks. They traded 2020 and 2021 to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. And they traded their 2022 and 2023 first-round picks to Detroit for Matthew Stafford, along with essentially their 2016 first-round pick in Jared Goff. So you look at this, and and, and that's what's so mind-boggling about this team is that they are going to go from 2016 and the next time they'll have a first-round pick is 2024 without a first-round draft pick, and they are playing in the Super Bowl for a chance to win the NFL championship. Dude, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. And the Rams, you know, I get the Rams a lot of credit because they went bold with their strategy and basically gave everybody else the middle finger who who called them stupid for taking that approach. Yeah, they'd be very much so. But you know what, man? In a lot of cases, the only time you can win in business, and this is what this is, is by being bold and going a different route than what every than what you the you know all the other yeah. competition is doing, because it sets you aside. Uh, I mean, even if you're doing a fantasy football draft, a lot of times there's a run on what running backs or receivers yep. or quarterbacks. So you're like, oh, let me dip over here while y'all go make this run over here. I'm gonna get the best of what's available over there. Um, and so it's a bold move and it takes balls to do it. Uh, but they deserve credit for having the balls to do it, man. Uh, and you know, we were talking about this as it relates to Sean Payton and the Cowboys, would you trade a draft pick, man? And, um, it's amazing because draft picks represent hope Yeah, that people and organizations are just like, I can't give them up. I can't give them up. And it's like most of the time, if you get the proven player and he's in a good system that fits him, not like Herschel Walker going somewhere else, uh, you know, it can work out for you. It can. And it's working out for L.A. And, and again, you know, you look at Sean McVay and the success that he has had. He, is, he went 11-5 and five in his first year, 13-3 and three in year two when they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. They then missed the playoffs at 9-7 and seven in his third year. They went 10-6 and six last year. They are 12-5 and five this year and playing in their second Super Bowl in the last four years with Sean McVay as the head coach. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, they, they have not won the Super Bowl since 1999 in, in the infamous Titans game, the Kevin Dyson reaching 40 yards short, that whole thing, when they had the, grow to, the greatest show on turf. And then, of course, they lost to the Patriots in 01 when they were heavily favored. But this Rams team with Matt Stafford and everything they're doing – it felt like for a while that San Francisco just had their number. And, you know, much to their credit, the same thing. And it goes back to what we've talked about. It goes back to the reason why they took Trey Lance third overall. And I put out on Twitter when Jimmy Garoppolo right there at the end of the game, the Rams have the lead. They kick the field goal. They're up 20 to 17. How many people listening to this truly believe that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to take his team 80 yards or whatever it was down the length of the field to even tie this game. Because I had zero faith. I, th- I thought this game's over. There's no Jimmy G's not doing this. Nope. I didn't. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I think they were having problems blocking them all, all game. And then when you throw in just Jimmy G, I mean, he tried to throw it away a couple other times, man. He's just not that dude. I don't think. Um, you know, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought that they needed some help to get it done. You know, somebody make a nice run after catch. Debo do one of his uh, his superior moves and and break it open. Uh, but I, I thought they were going to have a hard time winning. 
Yeah, and then Garoppolo does that thing where he just is desperate, tries to extend a play when he didn't need to. In that situation, you know, live it, live for another down, and he makes just a boneheaded play that ends up being the interception that seals the game for the Los Angeles Rams. And I tweeted this out, and I was kind of being facetious, but at the same time, there's some truth to this. I said, you know, Kyle Shanahan, when, when Jimmy G ran over to the sideline, Kyle Shanahan just told Jimmy G, that's why we drafted Trey Lance third overall. Because Garoppolo's done. Garoppolo's done as a 49er. They're going to cut him. They It'll be a $1.4 million dead cap hit, I think. And, and Garoppolo will be looking for a new team in 2022. And I think the Trey Lance era is about to begin for the 49ers. Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, I think he's a, he's a uh, solid NFL quarterback. He'll find a job. Somebody will be glad to have him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he comes to me. He's like Kirk Cousins. He comes with a certain ceiling. And, you know, if, if you build a certain thing around him, maybe he can overcome it. But, dude, I just got to tell you, unless you have a great unit like the Ravens defense yep. of 2000, yep. the Bears defense of 2000, or it's an offense where, you know, you have so much skill around him that the quarterback, you know, can kind of pick and choose where to go. It's just hard to win without a terrific quarterback. Yeah, it is. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not one. And there's a reason why somebody, I can't remember who it was on Twitter that had messaged us and had said something about, you know, watching this game, it just makes you wonder, like, what do the Cowboys need to do? Oh, it, it was this. I'm truly happy for Cincinnati fans. Glad to see them get over the hump. I know Jam Sessions is going to be epic this week because we know Dallas Cowboys fans see it can be done. What are we doing wrong? And I just, you know, reality of it is Dak is a really good quarterback, and I believe in Dak a lot. But we're also talking about two franchises that gave up a lot of capital and two franchises that have number one overall picks that are their quarterback. And the last time the Cowboys selected a quarterback in the first round, not even number one overall, the last time they took a quarterback in the first round of the draft was Troy Aikman in 1989. And only two franchises have gone longer without taking a quarterback in the first round. Seattle, who took Rick Meyer and whatever that was like well it was after the Cowboys and then Archie Manning for the Saints who was the last first round pick at quarterback for the Saints but it's I think it's interesting like you draft a Stafford you draft a Burrow to me you're drafting those guys with the expectation of you have what it takes let's just do something decent enough around you draft a Dak you draft a, even a Tom Brady and you kind of know, like, we think maybe we can win with these guys, but if, if they get a shot, we're going to have to put a really good team around them, which is kind of what Jimmy Garoppolo was like. Yeah, I, f- I think that's fair. I mean, you know, that's why I took a little bit of umbrage when we were talking to Chill last week. <clears throat> Clancy Hill, the beat junior, the beat reporter for the mm-hmm. uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, who joins us on our Thursday, on our Friday podcast. And he's like, well, you know, if Mahomes did it and Aaron Rodgers did it and Drew Brees, I'm like, why are we comparing Dak to a Hall of Fame quarterback, dog? Like, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. nobody sits there and thinks. Well, well, the people who like Dak see him as a really good quarterback, somewhere in the top ten. But nobody's got him listed as a Hall of Fame quarterback. So no. why are you all shocked when he doesn't do Hall of Fame things? And I'm not. And so. Um, and I think we know when he plays well, and I think the bottom line is he didn't play well in their playoff game, like a lot of people didn't play well. Yeah. Um, you know, but as me and Matt have talked about numerous times over the years, 
there's a reason why there's 32 teams and off the top of my head, you know, 25 or 26 of them have first-round picks at quarterback. Mm -hmm. And of those 26, probably 13 of them or 14 of them have top 10 picks or top five picks at quarterback. There's a reason why that is. It's because it's one of the hardest jobs in professional sports, and uh, typically only special dudes can do it. I mean, if you really want to know, I can tell you straight up. So here is here is 23 of the 32 teams have a first-round quarterback at starter. The teams that do not, and this is just based on the starters this season, Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts, and Jimmy Garoppolo were all second-round picks. Davis Mills in Houston, Russell Wilson were third-round picks. Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins were fourth-round picks. Tom Brady with Tampa was a sixth-round pick. And Taylor Heineke, who was the vast majority of the season was a Washington starter, was an undrafted free agent. So those are the nine guys that were not first-round picks. 23 of the 32 starters in the NFL are first-round draft picks. And frankly, that number is a little low than what it's been over the past few years. Right. And it's probably going to change because, as I mentioned, like you can look forward and say, okay, you know, San Francisco is going to start Trey Lance next year. He was a first round pick. You know, we'll see what happens with Tampa Bay and what they decide to do uh, with the Tom Brady situation. And then Washington, who many people believe is expected to draft a quarterback in the first round, who would probably end up starting for them as well. So. You know, you look at that, but the reality of it is 28 of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL were drafted in the first three rounds. Yeah. So, the, you know, the Dax and the Tom Brady's and the Kirk Cousins of the world are, are as rare as it gets. They're not supposed to have success. They're not. And the fact that they do and they start and they win anything is really surprising just based on the history of where quarterbacks come from and how much capital and money and investment you put in first-round guys. Yeah, which is, again, why the Cowboys needed to win when Dak was on his fourth-round pick contract, wasn't making any money, and yep. you could spend all that money around him. Yeah, man, but it, it, it's what it is. It, it's the Rams, it's the Bengals. I'm, I'm very excited about this because I like seeing matchups we've never seen before, we've never seen this, and I like the fact that a, no matter who wins, whoever wins the Super Bowl on February 13th, we will not have seen that in at least 20 years. And I think that's awesome. I think it's cool that there's no Tom Brady and that the old guard has kind of changed. You know, and I was talking about this with some of my, but actually, you know what? Before we get into that, yep, great timing, I know. But let's tell you about a couple of our sponsors because again, they make this happen. Blue Star Motor Group, our friends, Deb and Mike, 817-881-4066. If you're looking to buy or sell, you've got to include them. I tell you guys this all the time because I really believe this. If you are going to buy a car this year or you're going to sell your car, you have got to pick up the phone and give Deb a text or a call. 817-881-4066. And at least touch base with them. Let them know what's going on, what you're looking for, what your car is that you're trying to sell, and let them know so that they can work on helping you. Dude, it's it's a smart thing to do because if not, as Matt would say, you the, the odds that you're burning money are very high. <laughs> because yes. they got low overhead, they can make deals other people can't. Uh Deb doesn't have to check with the finance manager, she doesn't have to check with the general manager. She's all of that, man. She, whatever she says goes. And uh, you know, their goal is at the end of the day when the contracts have been signed and handshakes have been completed. For everybody to drive off with a smile on their face, man, because it was a win-win situation. They specialize in superior quality, Carfax-certified pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. 
I'm telling you straight up, give Deb a call, 817-881-4066. And keep in mind, if you are looking to sell your car, they will come to you, they will give you cash on site, and they will take your car from you. And most of the time, they can offer more money for your vehicle, more money than a dealer, because as you just mentioned, they have such low overhead. It's Blue Star Motor Group, bluestarmotorgroup.com. Also, somebody had tweeted us a picture that they had finally ordered their first Biltong, and they, it had come in the mail, and they sent us a picture of it. And I tell me, I was like, man, if you like beef jerky, you are going to love Biltong, a traditional South African air-dried meat, but it's better. It's more savory. It's more tender. I think it has more flavor. If you like beef jerky, you're going to love Bruce Biltong at bruisebiltong.com. You know, it always sounds shocking when you talk about something similar to beef jerky being tender or succulent or juicy or whatever. But that's exactly what it is, man. I get down with the sliced biltong. It's fantastic. Um, I also like it because, you know, two ounces gets you 30 grams of protein, about 240 calories, man. It's no carbs. It's no sugars, no additives. I mean, it's great if you're looking out for your weight and trying to eat a little more protein. And when you go to bruisebiltong.com, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, you get 15% off with the promo code JAM15, J-A-M-15. Use it at checkout, get 15% off. You're going to love it. I really think you're going to love it. If you haven't tried it yet, what are you waiting for? Bruise Biltong. It's badass. Eat it. So I was bringing this up and... I was talking about that conversation as you start looking at what's happening and how rare it is, you know, for Cincinnati and the Rams to get into the Super Bowl. I just, it, it, it's always exciting to me. And you look at this and you wonder how far away Dallas might be from something like this. And the reality of it is, I don't know. It feels like watching these teams that you could be Cincinnati, that you're not that far off from Cincinnati. I, I, I don't know. It, it's something that is... You look at this and I feel like, okay, well, if you could have beaten San Francisco, maybe it could have been you in the NFC title game against the Rams, but you couldn't. And then you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and you go, this is a team that was 4-11-1 last year that, that was 10-7 and this year, not 12-5 and like the Cowboys, and is now playing for the Super Bowl. That This is why I tell people all the time when they talk shit and they say, oh, well, this team's going to be one and done. You know what? You're probably right because of our history. But the reality of it is, you just got to get in the tournament. Just get in the tournament. Because you never know how this thing's going to play out. No. And uh, obviously, Cincinnati's running on some uh, some confidence and some belief. And there's a reason why the scores have been so close. Um, because they're, they're still a flawed team. They're just, they got a special quarterback, a special receiver in Jamar Chase. And the, other, the other two receivers are pretty good. T. Higgins had a big game today. But... Um, you know, dude, you just want to be in the mix, in the hunt, and see if you can make it happen. That's what uh, the Bengals have done. And as for the Cowboys, man, you know, you look at the Bengals, and, and all the Bengals are doing, whether they win or not, is they took advantage of their opportunity this season with a, with a, with a quarterback on a rookie deal, and they got, they got it done. They got to the yeah. championship game, and they got to the Super Bowl, and we'll see how it progresses from here. But they're maximizing their window. Now, nobody knows they won the title yet. But, you know, we've, we've talked about it ad nauseum with the Cowboys. They've had two or three or four of these really good opportunities to get to the Super Bowl, to get yeah. to the championship game with quality teams and t 
talented rosters, and they just pissed away every single time. They did. And so here we are, and we know Super Bowl 56. We know what it is. The other big news we think of the weekend, this is kind of what I was talking about a moment ago, is, you know, you look at the changing of the guard in the NFL. First, it was Eli Manning, and then last year it was Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers, who had been in the NFL for years and years and years. This year, it's Ben Roethlisberger, and apparently Tom Brady, who, and I wasn't that surprised by this, but what I am surprised by is how Adam Schefter, who generally speaking is just crazy connected and, you know, you wouldn't think that he would report something like this unless he knew for a fact that it was happening. So Adam Schefter reports that Tom Brady is going to retire after 22 seasons in the NFL. And then Greg Allman and you may say, well, who the hell is that? He covers the Tampa Bay Bucks for The Athletic. He does that after he spent 19 years covering the Tampa Bay Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times. And he basically put up on Twitter after Schefter had come out that Brady was going to retire and said, according to his sources, that that is not official and that nobody with Tampa has been told that Tom Brady is going to retire. Um, you know, this is a, we'll probably talk about this in my journalism class at SMU uh, this week because now, you know, Adam Schefter is one of the best in the business. Tom Pelissaro, who I think he was working with. Right, yes. That's one of, or it was Jeff Darlington. Of, it was Jeff Darlington. Jeff, Jeff yeah. Darlington. Jeff Darlington is one of the best in the business. But this happened to me. Well, let me see. I had a situation. I was uh, working with a guy named Bart Hubbock. This is probably 20 years ago. This is whenever, this was Chan Gailey's tenure. So, and and we were working on this. Michael Irvin had stabbed Everett McIver with some scissors story. And we got some information. Bart got some information. And he wrote the story. And I believe that the story that he wrote was true. And it was something to the effect of, because it's 20 years ago, so I'm trying to remember it all. But it was something to the effect of Michael Irvin has set up trust funds for Irvin McIver's three kids, and they're and that's going to that's what yeah. he's going to do since he stabbed him. All right. I'm I'm about 99% sure that story is accurate. But this can happen sometimes, man. You can you can be right but look wrong because Bart wrote that story, okay? Well, when the story came out, what did everybody do? They called Jerry. Jerry said, I'm not confirming that story. That's not, I don't know anything about that. What did Michael do? I don't know anything about that. That's not true. Whether he was telling the truth or not, I don't, I don't know. Every MacGyver did. So what I'm saying is, Bart got the story from somebody who would know that it was true, but everybody else denied it publicly, and nobody ever said, yeah, it's true. Mm. And so I think he was right but looked wrong. And then, But because he looked wrong, uh, there was a lot of repercussions from, from that that went down because that was a huge story at the time. Now, fast forward to here, and here's what I mean. Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington can look right and, you know, they can be right and look wrong. Um, you know, now I've, I, my suspicion is this is just a bunch of semantics. 
And don't forget, man, Adam Schefter is such a uh, a powerful name now. And I'm, you know, he works in a world where, you know, he's represented by big time agents and all this other stuff and all those people talk. And so I would I would assume the story is correct. And the fact that it hasn't been that they haven't officially said anything, that doesn't mean anything. People people go through back channels all the time. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about this. Greg guy is basically saying that it's it's really what he reported was it's very possible Brady will still announce his retirement at some point. He told Bucks he has not decided. We'll see how it unfolds. And he even went back and, and, and he has said since then, I think this was today, he goes, look, Schefter and Darlington have worked for years to build up good sources around Brady. And I'm sure what they're telling him is that he's retiring, regardless of what else is being said. It'll resolve itself eventually. But like you've you've pointed out before is, you know, whoever this dude's sources are within the organization, maybe they haven't been told, you know, and, and maybe Brady told Schefter directly. Who the hell knows where, who Schefter's source is? <laughs> you know, and then this guy is like saying, look, I'm talking to the guys I know at Tampa and people that are in the organization at whatever level at Tampa are telling me they have not been told he's retiring. It doesn't mean that this dude's wrong or that Schefter's wrong. But I, I, I think based on what Brady said, and he was on some podcast like or at some point last week where he alluded that he was going to retire. And, it, it, okay, so I found that it. it's the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray. And Brady said, I think the thing is I'm not in a real hurry to figure out what's next. I know when I know. He said, every day I spend the day playing football. Now it's just time to spend time with family and children. But he did say, you know, kind of part of what he talked about was he went on to talk about Giselle and his kids. He said, it makes her hurt to see me hit. She deserves what she needs from me as a husband. And my children deserve what they need from me as a father. And when he said that, I thought, oh, he's retiring. That's what it sounds like to me because here's the uh, here's the deal, man. At, at some point, every parent gets it, or you hope that you get it. It ain't always about you and what you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now, you know, he's. I think I read this this week. He's made two hundred ninety-three million mm-hmm. off the field. I mean, on the field, just on the field. His wife has obviously made as much as that as a model actually more i believe yeah she she uh, her net worth is more than his believe it or not and so what i'm saying is but if you, if you think about a family unit and what goes into being a football player you know they may she may be looking like hey me and the kids have sacrificed yeah you know for the last 10 years while you play football and we live on different coasts and you know we figure out a way to make it happen because we're super rich and you know we have a lot of life's luxuries to make it easier but uh, we tr- we we kind of tired of doing this, so you know you've and I think I read something where she she told him last year, what else you got to prove? Yeah, I mean, and they, right, yeah. And that's the wife, and that's you know apparently her deal, um, you know. But I think the uh, the thing about it is that at a certain point it's just like it, it has to be you know somebody else yeah and you know like you said and, and i think there's a lot of truth to that like wh- what else is it and it's that competitive hunger where at some point you have to look at it and say 
he's got seven Super Bowls. Who the hell? I mean, my God, nobody else has, has more than four in the history of the game. He has more, tw- more than twice as many playoff wins as Joe Montana, who's second behind him in playoff wins. You know, you look at this, he, he leads in career. Here, here's his NFL records. Game started, wins, pass attempts, touchdowns, passing yards, playoff games, playoff wins. I'm, it, it's all these different records where you look at it and you go, you are going to walk off the field and into the Hall of Fame. And outside of I just want to compete and, I, and I, I, this is what I do, at some point, where do you have to look around? And I think he was starting to do that, which is why it makes sense to me that he walks away. He's going to be 45 years old before the season starts next year. Yeah, but I, th- I think that's um, – I think I think all that makes sense, but I think it's a lot – sometimes it's easier said than done. Oh, Even yeah. with a guy like Brady who's got you know a bunch of different business interests and everything – um, you know, I did a conversation with uh, Eric Dickerson at Texas Theater last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Last week, I think. And uh, we were talking beforehand, and uh, I was asking him, you know, what he does now and stuff like that. And he was telling me, he says, I got to tell you, man, I've been gone from the game since, uh, I think, 1993 or something. And he's like, I still haven't found anything that gets me juiced up like running out on the field on a Sunday afternoon. And so when you're Tom Brady, you've been doing that since you, you know, eight years old, man. It's hard to get that thing up. Yeah, I imagine that it is. And, you know, we'll see. But if that happens, like I just mentioned, I mean, you're talking about the, the of the five quarterbacks in the last three years who have walked away with Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Tom Brady. And I, when Brady, we thought for sure he was retiring yesterday, I had tweeted out, you know, it'll be interesting because Gronk's going to retire again. Gronk's not going to play without Brady. Gronk and Brady will be first ballot Hall of Famers. They'll go in together. Big Ben is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I wonder how many voters will look at it and say, well, we can't put Brady and Ben in the same class. Like maybe we'll just wait till next year and put Ben in in year two. Because I, I wonder if there'll be voters who look at, at at Brady as so good that no other quarterback should go in the year that he goes in. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think that's a big deal, man. Because we've yeah, I mean, we've seen like like Troy Aikman went in, I believe the year he went in, Warren Moon in went in the same year as he did. Like we've seen dual quarterback classes happen before. I just wonder how they'll view Brady. No, I mean, I, th- I think, um, I mean, I think they're all individual. Meaning, yeah, Br- we all know Brady is the goat. So if 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 even if you have Brady in the class in and of and by himself in your mind, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is deserving of the Hall of Fame. So. Oh yeah, he he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, I I've, I probably view him as a first ballot guy. I do too. And and so if they come out at the same time, it just means you got a hell of a class with uh, him. And uh, Brady and Gronk and, you know, that's just the first ballot, guys. I mean, think about that. I mean, what a class because you're about to see some of these dudes, some of the greats of all time, the greats of this era of when it really started to become a passing game are, are, are leaving the game now. And, you know, Brady obviously is a GOAT. I mean, Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Some of these records, the way the championships, it, it's – the dude was like an NFL starter for something like, I think, 20 years. 
like where he was an actual starter because he had the one year where he blew out his knee and the first year where he kind of started he wasn't a full starter but you look at that he went to the championship game what 10 times or no he went to 10 super bowls went to the the conference championship game 14 times Jeez, it's insane incredible and the cowboys can't go to one <laughs> well i mean you know yeah but i mean you can look at a lot of other Cowboys are their own mess. Yeah, you yeah. know, every every everybody's been to the championship game except Dallas, Washington, and Detroit in the NFC. And you know, some teams have been. You know, I think Philadelphia's been six or seven or eight times in the, in that span. Yeah, in yeah. the AFC, it's an equally ridiculous number that all but a couple of teams have been there uh, since the Cowboys have last been. Uh, and you know, man, it's going to continue to be an embarrassment and an albatross and everything else until they finally get there. It is, and so it goes. But before we move on, we've got some other things to talk about. Have you guys swung by Freeway Tire Shop yet? If you have, you probably saw saw Jacques there because he's been there many times dropping off his vehicles. Easy to get to in Dallas, right off of 35. JR and his guys at Freeway Tire Shop will take care of you and your service needs. Whatever it is, a state inspection, an oil change, tires, alignment, what general mechanic work. The key with JR and his guys, you can trust the work and they stand behind it. Dude, and uh, you know, the other day my my son had a flat and uh he went to now he doesn't know anything about freeway tire. And uh, so he he went to get it checked and uh he sent me a, a estimate for a tire and I like, bro, I got a place for you to go. <clears throat> and so I sent him the information. He went over there, JR looked up the tire, and uh, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. This is not the Jacques Taylor deal, the Jacques Taylor special. This is just the way JR does it, man. Uh, we got the tire for uh, $124 cheaper than, uh, than the place he went to go look at it first. And, um, you know, it's a quality tire. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, JR I mean, does it. <clears throat> there's nothing else to say other than jr uses quality parts and that's why i trust him man and uh he went got my son hooked up my son went over there paid for mm-hmm. it left and it was all done in like an hour man and that's that's why i rock with jr man easy freewaytireshop.com that's where you go schedule your appointment request a quote online today freewaytireshop.com also, of course, we now know who's going to be in the big game. We know it's the Rams and the Bengals. I know many people, I had a friend of mine today, is like, hey, what are you guys doing for the game? I was like, I, I didn't, haven't really thought about it. It's two weeks from now. But you need to start looking ahead. Are you having a party? Smokey John's Barbecue will get you taken care of. You can get their first down pack. This is $105. You get three pounds of wings, a half gallon of brisket queso, and a half gallon of potato salad or baked beans. Or if you're having a bigger party and you really want to go all out for 220 bucks, three pounds of wings, five or half gallon of brisket queso, two pounds of chopped brisket, two pounds of ribs, a half gallon of potato salad and beans. Again, that package, the touchdown pack, all that for 220 bucks, man, that would, you talk about being able to have a party, that at Smokey John's Barbecue, they get you taken care of. Dude, Smokey John's is the best, bro from top to bottom um and it doesn't matter whether you're ordering on the menu ordering that super bowl special or ordering off the menu and getting the jam sessions mm-hmm. oh man uh it's all great uh don't forget you can also get the spice in the rub all you gotta do is go to the marketplace on the website man and you can have a little taste of dallas anywhere in the country or the world 
in just a couple of days. So check them out at SmokyJohns.com for more information on ordering the packs. And as you mentioned, the Jam Session Bowl, man, they still got it. If you listen to the Jam Session podcast, it is on the secret menu, and they will get you set up at Smokey John's Barbecue. So, you know, it's interesting. Today you sent me a picture, and it was a picture of your son. And I thought this was really interesting because you sent me a picture of some serious new ink that he has gotten on his forearm. (laughs) And I thought, I was like, man, that dude, because he just got for his birthday, we had talked about this a few weeks ago about the the tattoo he got on his upper arm. And then you sent this to me and I was like, hold up a second. And now before the podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, so he dropped that bomb today. Well, you know, he's... uh my dude's got a lot of moving parts these days, uh, trying to graduate, filling out college applications and stuff. And so I like to go sit down and have dinner with him or lunch with him once a week, just us and just like catch up. Uh, we missed last week cause he had some, Oh, we were supposed to go today. They, that his tire got in a flat and he mm-hmm. ended up messing around with that. And so we're, we're meeting for lunch and, um, I mean, for, uh, yeah, lunch today. And, uh, you know, he was doing something earlier. So he rolls in, he goes, he sits down at the table. And I notice he's, he looks great. I mean, he looks bright, looks alert. And um, he sits down, he goes, hey, I got a new tattoo. And I go, huh? What? He goes, yeah, I got a new tattoo this week. And I go, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, I, I went and got it. I said, what'd you get? He says, uh, I got some, I got never satisfied. When, so when he says that, I go, well, where'd you get it? And he points to his forearm. And so I'm thinking, <clears throat> silly me, that uh, he got something that's about six or seven inches long yeah. on the inside of his forearm, you know, in some kind of font. And he looks down at it during the day and goes, never satisfied. Okay, keep it keep it moving or whatever. Man, this dude, I said, well, let me see it. This dude rolls up his sweatshirt, and it's the length of his forearm. Yeah, I'm man. Like, I mean, that is a serious tat. I'm like, dude, when'd you get this? He goes, Monday. I said, you ain't say nothing. He said, I paid for it with my own money. I go, that's not the point, dog. <laughs> I go... When you're putting on body art that can't be removed, you should yeah. at least give your you should at least give your father and your parents a heads up. <laughs> I mean, just so I said, I mean, you're 18 now. I mean, yeah. you're taking this you're taking this I'm grown thing a little too far. <laughs> but you can you should at least yeah. give them a heads up so that I can at least say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, you know, because I'm. I'm still at a point like I would have preferred that you not go that. I would, I would have preferred that. You, I mean, he's basically got a sleeve now. Yeah, right? he does. Yeah. I was like, I, be, I would have preferred that you not go that route at 18. Um, you know, but it, I mean, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. But uh, I would have liked to prefer to have a little bit of a conversation before he did it. Uh, but see, he's been working a lot at Walmart. And so a lot of times he goes to work at, you know, two o'clock. Or three o'clock, or soon school is out, and he doesn't get home to ten. He says, "Hey, he wears a lot of hoodies anyway, so it's not unusual to see him with his arms all covered up." 
And so he just never said nothing, bro. I mean, that's that's impressive to <laughs> have. I mean, that is a serious piece of ink. I mean, and it's right there on yeah. his forearm. And the fact that you had no idea is just wild. And then he goes, uh, I go, are you playing? Get some more? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, okay. So this is what you do. All right. He goes, he goes it's a different generation, Dad. You know, it's not like. I said, hey, 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 hey hold tight, bro. Nobody's nobody's being an old fogey stogie get off yeah. my lawn guy, man. I, I mean, I get that, man. I'm just uh, I'm just making sure that you that you are, uh, you know, that you've thought about everything before you before you make a decision. That's all. And uh, you know, I mean, because you want to be a psychologist, you know, I don't think it matters per se if you tied it up, but but you know, maybe it does. I don't know. And but it don't matter now because you've already done it. <laughs> So, so anyway, man, we had that conversation, but apparently he's into uh, he's into tats because uh, he also told me it's like I said. So same guy did it. He goes, he looks at me, goes, well, no, that guy does you know pictures and portraits. Yeah, I went I went and found somebody who, who specializes in in lettering. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. and and he paid a good price for it. Meaning he paid, you know, me and Maddie yeah, told y'all, yeah. if you're getting tatted and you're not spending $100 an hour or something like that, uh, you probably need to go investigate again. Yep. I would say so, man. I mean, that is, that's legit. And, and I've been looking at it because there's a dude here that I want to get a tattoo from, but his wait list, like I, and maybe I'll just go ahead and do it. Like I probably, if I put my name on it tomorrow, I probably, right. I think I can get it in July. Well, yeah, so you should put your name on it. Yeah, and it's one of those things, but, like, the next piece of work that I went done is, like, a serious, and I also want a forearm tat, you know, that would help to complete the sleeve that I have going on, but it would be a legit thing. So it's one of those things, you know, you put a little aside, and that might actually be the way to do it because then I could put a little bit of money aside every month, and then I just walk in and be like, hey, here it is. Let's knock it all out, and, like, if we can do one session. I don't know if I could get it done in one session because what I want next right. is probably going to be five or six hours minimum. Uh, my dude did his first big one. It was one, one session, and it went about six hours. Yeah. That's, so that's about right, man. Next. I mean, they, they usually won't go much longer than that. All right. Well, then he, uh, then he tried to drop another bomb on me. Oh, my. I mean, it's, it's 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 all based in a good spot. So then he goes, "Yeah, I'm thinking about quitting my job to focus on my business." And I go, "Let's talk about that." <laughs> I bet you did. All right. Well, here's the deal. Now, for the last several months, he's been he's been legitimately working on his on his own business. He wants to be like a lot of people and sell. Uh, sell hoodies and t-shirts with his own logo on them which is fine i got no problem with that uh, i think entrepreneurship is fantastic but he's been putting together business plans and uh he met with somebody about a logo uh, uh like a professional dude who i know who does them for a living met with him and so he's been going around this i go well, why do you want to quit your job he goes well i don't have enough time i'm working so many hours i don't have enough time to devote to my uh, to my business so you know me, man. I'm like, I don't know if that's the best move, yeah. bro. I'm like, maybe you need to cut back in some other areas, even if it's cut back in work. I go, because, you know, the summer's going to be here in a minute, and you're going to have more than enough time to work and do business before you sure. go to college. 
or whatever. And so he's like, "Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that." I said, "See, this is why you, you this is why you bring stuff to me before you do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I can help you talk it through it." Because I'm like, "You owe me some money, so you know you owe me, you know, about fifteen hundred dollars. So you need to to stack it." And you need to save that up. I said, then you need money for your business, whatever money you need for your business. I go, and then you need money to pay your bills. And he looked at me and says, I don't have any bills. I go, oh, yes, you do. <laughs> of course he doesn't. Come on. <laughs> he, he says, awesome. he said, what bills? I go, <laughs> I go, well, I cut you some slack during football season because you're playing football, you're going to school, you weren't working. Yeah. So I gave you, because I can, well, quick aside, and Hector would co-sign on this, I feel good about this, is that you should give your kids a credit card in their own name when they're about a freshman, sophomore, because even if it's on your account, it helps them establish credit. Uh, and then once they start driving around, if yeah. they're short of cash, they can always get where they're going, and you can figure out the bill later. But but anyway, so I go, you know, I cut you some slack during football season because you, you weren't working, you're playing football, you're going to school, blah, blah, blah. I said, so I've been paying your credit card bill. Football season over, my brother. That bill back to you. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't believe that you should give a kid a car and then pay for the gas and the insurance and all that other stuff, too. Um, and he never asked me to do that. I mean, he's good about doing it. But I'm like, yeah, dog, you got to you probably spend $150 a month in gas. I'm not paying for that. You got to pay for that. You yeah. got to get the oil change. You know, so you got bills. And he's like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. I said, I know you haven't. That's what your boy is here for. That's what dad is here for, to remind you. Yeah, that. man. And he said, yeah, okay. So let me think about that. I was like, yeah, man. I said, plus, when you go to school, if you're working at Walmart, it's easy to transfer to a Walmart in wherever city you at. I said, so you don't want to necessarily have to go look for a job if you can just transfer, start working, and never miss a beat. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, I worked in high school, you know, junior year when I started having a car, that same thing. And my parents are kind of like what you're talking about, where whenever I was doing theater stuff, especially if I had plays and rehearsals and I couldn't work as much, you know, and I worked for a video store. So they were really cool with everybody because all the kids that worked there were high school kids for the most part. So right. you know, they were real flexible with stuff like that. But I mean, I, I worked all through my junior year and senior year of high school at the video store, which you know, I, I've always agreed with that. I think it helps to establish work ethic. And I think it helps to establish that, you know, you're going to have to work. And if there are things that you want in life, you know, my parents would help out. But like you're talking about with gas or doing some things with my friends and stuff like, hey, you know, we're not a bank. Like at the end of the day, you know, you want to do certain things in life. This is how you accomplish that. But, you know, we are going to help you and 90 percent of it will take care of. But you also need to, to understand that life is not just I'll get whatever I want whenever I want it all the time. Nope. I mean, I think it's, uh, I just think it's about teaching people responsibility and, uh, you know, that at a certain point, the free ride ends. And, um, you know, I, I think it's good for people to learn how when you get a pay, because actually the verbiage I used was, well, you get paid, but you know, the money don't belong to you. Yeah. And he was, and he was like, well, who's it belong to the government? I go, no, <laughs> man. I go, you know, you get a check, it belongs, you know, some of it belongs to whoever you pay your rent to, some of it belongs to the car insurance company, some of it belongs to, uh, you know, any number of places, but it don't belong to you because you got to give it up. And he's like, oh, okay, I get it. So, 
Yeah, we're having real talk, uh, real talk Sunday today. Well, very nice. Yeah, it's it's a cool tat though. I mean, it looks good. So I gotta admit, <laughs> I was like, damn, like I I, I want to go out and, and and drop some cheese on getting a new forearm tattoo, but we'll see how that turns out. Clearly, that's his deal, man. Apparently, nothing wrong with that, man. So, short podcast tonight, but we will be back. We've got a couple episodes, obviously, dropping Wednesday and Friday coming up this week. And we'll be looking, whatever Cowboys news there is, NFL news galore, some things to get into. But Super Bowl 56, two weeks, less than two weeks away. The Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, it's just... It is wild. Cincinnati is in the Super Bowl again for the first time since 1988. That's pretty awesome. I'm excited yep. for them. I think that's really cool for that fan base. And by the way, the opening line, Rams, three and a half point favorites. I think that's about right. Yeah, I think I would take the Bengals to cover that. It's going to be a fun one. I would not be surprised at all if Cincinnati does this thing. Would not be surprised at all. So enjoy your week, and we will talk to you again coming up here on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.